podcast from Green Curtain Theatre. Hello, I'm Liz Newbury. I've been chatting to Teresa Cleary, whose monologue entitled Where is Home? was a winning entrant in the Green Curtain Theatre competition for new writing under the banner Leaving. Before we hear the interview, let's listen to her monologue performed by Justin McKenna. I'm looking forward to getting home though. It's funny that I still call Ireland home. People often ask me why wouldn't you just call London home and they're right I suppose. We Irish can be a bit a cone a cone. Like the Christy Moore overload. Like bringing the Barry's tea over. Sure you can buy Barry's tea in nearly every Sainsbury's for feck's sake. It's not like we have it that bad. The Brits don't really get the famine. Perhaps that's why they still love making the spud jokes. Some of them think we went to school on horses 20 years ago and that every village in Ireland is like Father Ted. A posh English fucker in the pub said to me, We shat on you. We fucking shat on you for 800 years. (laughs) But sure, that was 100 years ago. And now there are another 100 ethnicities in England who truly do get shat on every fucking day. They get abused on the street, looked down at constantly. I don't think we ever had it that bad, did we? I overheard an old fella from home once. There is too much pressure on this country. Where are people supposed to go? Sure there aren't enough jobs for the people that are here. We are bursting at the seams. It was different when I was coming over. And anyways, the Irish always contributed. We worked ourselves to the bone. I didn't know one person who didn't work. There wasn't any such thing as claiming benefits. You had to graft for every little bit. Sure, we half-built London. All these illegal people, and they come in, and once they are in, that's it. And they leech, and they leech, and they leech away. I wanted to say something, but I didn't. I don't know why. But if I ever hear an Irish person say that again, I will say something. I'd remind them that we are the biggest load of immigrants of them all. We're bloody crawling the place everywhere. There's nothing but illegal Irish in America. We cover half of Sydney. We would be nothing only for immigration. We drowned and died trying to get away and trying to survive. And when we made it somewhere, we had to fight for our place and to make our mark. And the same things that they say about the leeching and no more room is exactly what they said about us in New York and Boston and Liverpool and London. The dirty, rotten, thick paddies. 
They are infesting the place. No Irish need apply. We went there when we needed to get out, didn't we? When the spuds were black in the fields. But when the shit hits the fan anywhere else, oh, we're bursting at the seams. They are leeches. Fuck the fact that they are fleeing war, hunger, rape, misery and just want a better life for their children. People say it was okay for the Irish. It was different. But you know what? It wasn't. It was the exact fucking same. I work in a job centre in Tower Hamlets. One man sat in front of me, crying his eyes out. He was starving and said his children were starving. He had come from Syria. They were given a box room for him, his wife and three children. He was a teacher in Syria and doing really well. He left because his brother got killed in the war and he was scared he would die. Now he's somewhere, he doesn't speak the language and is desperate to work but can't find a job. But he will find one, I'm sure. He just needs help for a little while, just like we did. In the end, they said he was eligible for £80 a week. That's for him, his wife and children. I gave him food bank vouchers and when he left, I went into the toilet and I cried my eyes out. This is wrong. Do you know how many Irish went to America in famine times? Two million. Do you know how many refugees from Syria have been allowed into the UK during the war? 10,000. Ireland is home. England is home. London is home. But Jesus, aren't I just glad to have one? Aren't you? Teresa to tell me about how that monologue came to be written. I mean, I've been interested or been passionate about writing since I was really small. When I was younger, I wrote letters to magazines and I wrote stories mm-hmm. and I read a lot, uh, but I had kind of fallen out of that. I studied journalism essentially at university and would write periodically just for myself and hadn't written for a long time. And my friends knew that I was interested in writing and was kind of up for it. And this came along and a friend forged me the link mm-hmm. to the Green Curtain competition. Yeah, leaving. It's quite a broad subject, something that is quite connected to Ireland. But from my perspective, being an immigrant for around 14 years now, it can be quite stereotypical how it's dealt with. And it can feel a little bit tired how people talk about Irish people leaving. So mm-hmm. I just felt I wanted to write something a bit different and a bit maybe fresher. So, um, yeah, I thought I can do that. It kind of felt a bit more accessible than writing a full play, I think. Was it something that had its roots in things that you'd seen and heard in the work that you do? I think I've always been interested in being an immigrant. Obviously, it's kind of part of being Irish. A large majority of Irish people have probably lived somewhere else during their lifetime. Mm -hmm. 
Um, it's really not extraordinary as an Irish person to have lived somewhere else where for other cultures it is quite um, an interesting thing. Whereas in Ireland it's like, okay. <laughs> so I think it's just quite a part of being Irish. But then as part of my work, um, so I've lived in Korea, in South Korea and Seoul and I've lived in Barcelona. So I've kind of been, I've experienced being an immigrant, but probably a more privileged immigrant okay. in other cultures where I've always felt very welcome, had very positive experiences. It's been very rare that I've had any kind of negative experiences where I know friends from different ethnicities have had difficult experiences. When I first moved to London, I was working directly with people and for many years working directly with people who were in difficult situations, often because of where they've come from, because they don't have rights, right to remain. Um, In Barcelona, I worked with young people who were refugees who had literally come on a boat over the Mediterranean and saw people die. Yeah, I've definitely seen and heard stories firsthand of how difficult it can be and how the opposite's portrayed often in the media. Certainly gives you a completely different viewpoint to put into that piece of writing. Yeah. Had you entered competitions before? Short answer, no. (laughs) No, I've never ever written for a competition. See, I wrote a lot in university, but no, I wrote for myself. But I've never submitted. So, you know, to be successful, I'm sure there's lots I could improve in my piece and there's loads and loads of room for improvement. But I'd never written something like dialogue, really. I was going to say, have you written for performance? No, at all. no, never. Okay. But I liked it. I really enjoyed kind of trying to hear the voice and trying to hear like what it would sound like. And even actually, you know, when I heard the piece back, there was parts of it that I felt really proud of and parts of it I was like, oh, could I probably tweak that? And would somebody say that? And... I was going to ask you exactly that question. How did it feel to hear your piece performed by somebody else? It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Honestly, I felt very lucky and I felt very supported in the process. It was just a very positive experience. But just amazing, yeah, to hear someone else, a different interpretation. It's like, you know, how it was kind of presented and some of the character that was created. It was amazing. Does it encourage you to do more? Definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's often said that to be a good writer, people need to be a good reader as well. Mm. Are, you, are you a wide reader? I love reading. Like when I was younger, I like literally was the kind of definition of a bookworm. These days, in inverted commas, I just don't read as much as I should, I think. But following from doing this competition and wanting to kind of keep the momentum going, I've signed up for a playwriting course with City Lit in London. So I had my first week last week. How did that go? Yeah, great. Really great. And we were given a long reading list, so that's quite nice. So I'm starting to put together, think about some plays I'm going to read. Do you yourself go and see things on stage? Yeah, I go actually. You're putting your toe in the water of writing. What was hard about writing that monologue? I think having a theme, it makes it easier because you you already have some direction. Mm -hmm. Um actually writing dialogue you have to I think you just have to keep reading it over and over again so really kind of getting a real feel for it and really thinking is that something somebody would say and then also trying to not sound like yourself <laughs> yeah stepping outside yourself yeah exactly and obviously it's, as a monologue it's, it's one character it's like easier isn't it but to write a play which I guess is the aim of my course now which feels very daunting because the teacher said, have a think about what you want to write about. And that's scarier. 
it's quite a big task writing a full play I've got so much admiration and generally screenwriters or playwrights I'm like that's great yeah. well you've dipped your toe in the water you've yes. made a good start thank you very much for coming to tell us about some of that process it's been a really interesting chat thank you thank you thank very you for much. taking the time okay <laughs> This has been a Green Curtain Theatre podcast, recorded in March 2019. Visit our website www.irishinlondontheatre.co.uk where you can also subscribe to the podcast service to be informed about new episodes as they are released.